four short readings. Um, and uh, Ellie's going to read, and then Mary, and then... Oh, I'll... Um, The first reading is from Matthew, chapter 3, verse 11. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And the next passage is from John 7, verses 37 to 39. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not yet been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. This is a reading from John chapter 14, verse 15 to 18. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And the final reading is from Acts 2, and it's the first four verses. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Fabulous. Good to get your money's worth with the Bible. Um, It's my joy to introduce Paul. So many of you know Paul. Paul's been in the city for about 120 years, uh, serving God and his people. And um, uh, if you were here a few weeks ago, you'll be aware that Paul's um, joined kind of the team here, part of, one of, part of the eldership here. Uh, and Paul's got a real heart for lots of things, um, but particularly for kind of joining generations and kind of the young generation that God's kind of raising up into the church and feels particularly stirred to share tonight. Um, I love that story in Scripture um, with Jacob, you know, where he wrestles with God and um, God kind of eventually puts his hip out. Um, I think something similar has happened to Paul. Um, I, I, I won't go into details. You can ask him later on. But this chair is here. It's not a commode for him. But it's just in case later on he feels that he might need to sit down if his hip gets a bit... I won't embarrass him anymore. I think it would be good to pray for him. So if you hobble this way, Paul, I'm going to pray for you. It's just a good job that no one would be mad enough to go out running in the snow, isn't it, Paul? Father... <laughs> Thank you for our dear friend and brother, Paul, Lord, who we love with such affection. Lord, thank you that he's a man of the spirit, a man of your word, a father to many in this city. And Lord, we we honor him and we pray, Father, that you would come and encourage him, refresh him, bring strength to his body as he ministers to us and give us hearts to hear what it is you want to say through him. In Jesus' name, amen.
Um, I, I really don't want anybody knowing what happened. Especially as my wife is away currently for 12 days, and I do not want any of you telling her what happened in her absence. In case she takes it as attention-seeking, which it could have been, and, and I don't want you to tell her that I was running on ice early in the morning. Could you, could you just keep that to yourselves, please? Thank you for your agreement on that. <laughs> it was a very dramatic day yesterday. Which, um, Okay, so um, Tim was talking. I, I, I just appreciate this family and, and that, this community of you so much. Uh, Tim was talking here a couple of weeks ago. I think he just poured his heart out. How many of you were here a couple of weeks ago when Tim was doing that? Just wave at me if you were. All right, some of you were, quite a deal of you. Um, and, and there was a certain phrase or moment when Tim was talking that really caught my attention when he said something like, I just want more. There's got to be more. I don't really remember that was the, whether that was exact words, but that was Tim's heart of just, I want more. There has to be more. Do you ever get that kind of hunger? You don't have to talk to me because I'm quite insecure with my hip out. Do you ever get that kind of hunger? There's got to be more. There has to be more. I can't just have the same level all the time. And I find that goes through seasons where I suddenly get really hungry again after I've been sort of a bit flat. And I, I began this January, and I, I don't know what it is. I've just got this, God, there has to be more. It's not a kind of a frustration at God. or a, It's just that kind of hunger. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, come on, Lord, there's got to be more. And I'm in that season at the moment, so forgive me if I kind of, you know, give a bit of the... But I, as Tim was talking about it, I was just thinking about my journey with the Holy Spirit. Um, and I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit, if that's okay. Very simply, I want to talk to you about the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. And then I'd love us to invite him to come in a fresh way amongst us. How many of you would be up for that? Well, yes, that's enough of us. We're, we're, we're in a majority. <laughs> because I'm, I'm going to ask him to come afresh because I don't know what else to do. You know, sometimes you come to the end of yourself, don't you? And you think, I don't have it. I just, I don't have whatever is needed. Holy Spirit, you have to come in a fresh way. So talking about the person and the presence of the Holy Spirit is just a kind of way of reminding us of some things that you know well. Um, I've probably known Jesus Tim said 110 years. That was just cruel. But it, it is at least 46 years I've known Jesus. And in my journey of faith, I've, I've been trying to figure out who the Father is, who Jesus is, and who the Holy Spirit is. I mean, you know, that's a kind of lifetime journey because the Trinity is a bit of a mystery, isn't it? But I've loved the journey of realizing this beautiful Trinity I'm invited into fellowship with, with each of them and all together. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as I've journeyed with it, I've realized the Father, I can get that because I know what a dad is. And so I can kind of picture his face as I read the scriptures. And then I think of Jesus, the Son, and I think, yep, yep, I can imagine his face and I can picture him as the Son. But when you come to the Holy Spirit, do you ever get that slight, ooh, I, I, don't, I can't see his face? Do you ever get these little feelings like, I don't know what he looks like? And the problem in my journey has been is that sometimes some of the pictures used about the Holy Spirit have been things like wind, breath of God, fire of God, which he is, but it can make you think he's a bit of an it. It happens. 
which of course is really unbiblical because he's a he. He's a person. He's a person who's part of the Trinity. But those pictures, the breath, the wind, the fire, the water, which are magnificent ones, shouldn't ever stop us realizing what a wonderful friend he's meant to be to our lives. He's a person. How many of you know the Spirit of God is a person with a personality? Isn't he? Yeah, he has, you know, he has, he has feelings. He has joy, particularly he has joy. But do you know also um, it's possible to grieve the Holy Spirit? He has feelings. I'm not being negative, but it is possible to grieve the Holy Spirit. I think when I get really angry, I grieve him. That's what Ephesians says. So here we have this wonderful person called the Holy Spirit who, who I'm still trying to figure out kind of how, how I get to know him better because of this lack of a face. I wonder what his face is like. You look really serious. This is just some questions, all right? But I'm fascinated because uh, the more I read the scriptures, the more I realize how absolutely he is, essential he is to my journey of faith. Um, One of the proofs he's a person is in Philippians 2. There's so many scriptures. Philippians 2 verse 1, it says this. If there's any encouragement from being united with Christ, Philippians 2 verse 1, any comfort from his love, and then any fellowship with the Holy Spirit, it says. Well, you can only fellowship with a person, can't you? you? You fellowship with them means you share with them. You have a friendship with them when you fellowship. Which tells me from Philippians 2, we're invited to a life of friendship with the Holy Spirit. Not just, oh, breath of God, that's good. But no, I'm invited to an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit as the best friend I have on earth. We'll try and prove that in a minute. So, so this, this person, the Holy Spirit, uh, as Tim was talking, I was thinking, God, I'm so hungry for more. And, and my mind was turning back to um, uh, Jesus' baptism. Uh, and we had a scripture just now. Do, do you remember in Jesus' baptism, John the Baptist was out there at the Jordan. I'm going to jump some scriptures just to be quick. But if you want to note them down, it's, this is, um, yeah, that's a good one. But also in John 1, it says this, uh, and stay with me. When John was baptizing people, he didn't actually know which one was Jesus. Did you know that? He didn't know which one was Jesus. And later on in John 1, we discover the Lord had spoken to John the Baptist and says, John, the one upon whom you see the Spirit come from heaven and remain on him like a dove, that's the one who's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. I've just murdered some scripture, but stay with me, all right? That's John 1 somewhere. Uh, in other words, here's John, and he doesn't know who Jesus is, but the Father said to John, John, the one upon whom you see the Spirit come down like a dove and remain on him, he's the one who's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So think about it. Here's John. He sees the Spirit come down upon Jesus manifestly. How did he see that? What do you think? Like a dove, and, forgive me, and the Holy Spirit just rests on Jesus like that, like a dove. <sighs> Amazing, beautiful. And John hears the Father say, and the one upon whom, forgive me, the one upon whom that happens, he's going to be the one who's going to baptize everybody who follows Jesus in the Holy Spirit. And that's why that one, oh, you're so good. Who did that? 
Andrew, thank you, Andrew. There it is. I didn't realize. The man upon whom you see the Holy Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. What's the point? It's this is that from that moment onwards, there's this immense promise that there's going to come a time when human beings will be absolutely immersed into the Holy Spirit. Have you ever seen somebody baptized here? It's not a little bit of water is it i mean i don't know what you do here but you seem to throw them into the water plunge them in absolutely immerse them and eventually take them out when all the sins fallen off or something like that yeah in other words baptism is about an absolute immersion into the water in baptism water but here comes john saying no 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 this one's going to baptize you into the holy spirit in other words there's going to come a time when human beings will be absolutely immersed into the holy spirit And he's a person, don't forget. He's a real person who's part of the Trinity, and Jesus is going to be the one that baptizes us into the Holy Spirit. And there's so many other scriptures, aren't there? But do you remember the time when, um, uh, in Acts 1, when Jesus is just about to go back to heaven? And do you remember what he says there? Um, This is Acts 1. You're so good, Andrew. He says something like this. He says, hey, listen, wait in Jerusalem. What for? For the gift my father promised. How many of you like the word gift? Do you know why I like it so much? It tells me I haven't got to do anything to earn it. I just have to receive it. So here's here's Jesus, before he goes to heaven, saying to the disciples, wait, wait in Jerusalem. There we go, it's all up there, look. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. How many of you think they got a bit excited about that thought? I mean, this is the first time ever. I'm getting too excited. Let's just calm down. Can you imagine the disciples, the friends of Jesus, who this is the promise of the Father that's gone right through the three years of Jesus' ministry, and suddenly, in a few days, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Do you think they went, oh, really? I think they were just like wired, weren't they? Well, what's that going to be like? We're going to get baptized into the Holy Spirit. I think the few, I, I don't, did they sleep? Or do you think, is it today? Is it this afternoon? Is it this morning? <gasps> and then, of course, Acts 2, you remember it, Acts 2, verses 1 onwards, it says this, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place that tells you how God likes things to be, isn't it? Here it is, look, it's all... And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Do you think that was exciting? You're very quiet for such exciting news. I mean, do you understand? I mean, this was real. Human beings who messed up like you and me. And the Father said, I've got a gift for you. Wait. Because when he comes, you will be absolutely overwhelmed with my wonderful Holy Spirit. And it's a gift. How do you think it included everybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Peter. You're right. It did. See? All of them, say all. All. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And what did they do? Began, well, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. What a gift. What a gift from the Father who the whole time of Jesus' life on earth had been saying, it's coming, he's coming, the day's coming, the day's coming, and then suddenly it's in a few days. And then they're all together in one place and suddenly the Holy Spirit falls on them in the most amazing way. And we could go through Acts, couldn't we? 
I've been told not to go longer than half an hour, so I've got to be really quick. But we could go through Acts, couldn't we? Because honestly, the Acts isn't the Acts of the Apostles. The book of Acts is the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit is in action, it isn't boring. Is it? When the Holy Spirit is in action, it's really quite... (gasps) What's going to happen next? Because he's so powerful, but so kind. He's God. And somehow in the mystery of it all, he's the one that when Jesus went to heaven, Jesus said in John 14, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not going to leave you on your own. It's like, do you remember John 14? Forgive me jumping. I'm trying to be very biblical in about 20 minutes. Do you understand though? In John 14, where Jesus is preparing the disciples, listen, I'm going to go, I'm going to be going, but there's going to be another counselor who's going to come for you. That word another, most of you know it means, it means exactly the same as I've been. So I won't leave you on your own as orphans. There's going to come a time when when my Holy Spirit comes and absolutely immerses you, it's going to be like me with you, like I've been, but even better. So, so by John 10, not John 10, by Acts 10, it gets even more exciting. You, you, you are excited, aren't you? By Acts, thank you, Tim. I, I really said, please be my cheerleader, Tim, because my hip. But by Acts 10, listen, do you know what happens in Acts 10? Here's Peter, who's out of his depth, not at all sure about what's going on, going to Cornelius' house full of Gentiles who really shouldn't have the blessing of God on them because they're the bad ones. But God has said, go to Cornelius' house. And he goes to Cornelius' house. And in a kind of guy, okay, I'll tell him about Jesus. He's telling him about Jesus. And do you remember what happened? It says, before he'd finished. How could that happen? The Holy Spirit fell on all the Gentiles in the room. He, he, He didn't even finish his sermon. How could the Holy Spirit in <laughs> How could the Holy Spirit interrupt like that? I mean, the guy's got to finish his sermon, he spent hours preparing it. He didn't actually, but anyways, but do you understand? And suddenly the Holy Spirit just goes boom falls on them all, and they're all speaking in tongues in the room, and Peter's kind of saying, Oh my goodness, he's like, is it he's come on the Gentiles? Like 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 what's going on? And then he says, oh, now I perceive God doesn't have any favorites. (laughs) It's a wonderful story of how suddenly the Holy Spirit just falls on men and women. The one upon whom you see the Holy Spirit come down from heaven and rest like a dove. He's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. So it seems like the Holy Spirit's a gift. I've got ten minutes left. The Holy Spirit is a gift from your Father to everyone who'd love to have him filling you. And I don't get it, you know, you in him or him in you. I think it's the whole thing. He just wrapped up with this glorious person called the Holy Spirit. Abby, you were born for the Holy Spirit. That's your inheritance is to be absolutely clothed with him. Uh, I could just talk to all of you. I just picked one person just because she needed to hear it again. That's all. But, but do, you, do you understand? So in this room right now, the Holy Spirit will be dancing around upon our lives with a joy that we have no idea how wonderful that is if it infects our hearts. He, right now in the room, he'll be dancing about here. Why? Because he just loves being with God's people. 
there's, there's, um, so when Tim's saying that, and I, <laughs> I'm sitting over here thinking, yes, I want more. So how do I get more? And, and what does that mean? And <gasps> Isn't it interesting how Jesus said in John 7, no, not in John 17, John 7. He said this, he said, do you remember? He said, if anyone is, what? Thirsty! Like, you know, we're very nice, aren't we? But thirsty people aren't very nice. They just run forward and grab the glass and get it down their throats because they're so desperate for the drink that they've been longing for. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. For out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. I mean, this is big stuff, isn't it? Do you know, who's the guy who founded the Salvation No, the, um, oh dear, Salvation Army? Yeah, William Booth. William Booth said amazing things. One of the things he said was this. He said, one of the greatest dreads I have for the next century is we'll have religion without the Holy Spirit. This is William Booth. We'll have religion without the Holy Spirit. As though he dreaded the thought that Christians would go through the motions of what's called Christianity without the Holy Spirit. Yikes. Now in the 21st century. Here's, here's a few, you know, there's so many promises about what the Holy Spirit does for us. Let me just give you a few, can I? Is that okay? Just a, there's so many, so many things he loves to do. But here's, here's a few things. Number one is the Holy Spirit loves to reveal Jesus to us. He, he loves to honor the Son. And guess what the Son then does? He loves to reveal the Father to us. And the father says, I'd like to show you about my son. And the son says, don't you touch the Holy Spirit. And so this glorious trinity likes to show us the wonder of who they are. But the Holy Spirit is the one who, if you like, introduces us. He shows us about Jesus. He's the spirit of revelation. The Holy Spirit, you can take these down. They're really good ones. They're in the Bible. The Holy Spirit absolutely loves to pour into our hearts the love of the father. Romans 5 says this, hope does not disappoint us. Do you remember? Hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So whenever the Holy Spirit is moving in a room, I've observed how often he seems to be pouring love upon human beings' hearts. That's often one of the hallmarks when the Holy Spirit starts getting active, if you like, if I can use that language. How many of you could do with a dose of the love of God in your heart? Anybody feel like that sometimes? I'm just a bit wearied. I could, you know, when it says the Spirit comes without measure, how many of you get a little bit nervous if the Holy Spirit did come without measure? You know, like, well, I don't know, just not too much. Can I just have a little bit? Because we, you know, we want things done decently in order, don't we? Whatever decently in order is in heaven's view. Doesn't seem to be very decent in order, some of the things we've read, does it? Interrupting a man's sermon. I'm serious, guys. Honestly, if we really, really mean it when we say, Holy Spirit, we welcome you, there should be a little tremble in our hearts just in case he comes. Supposing he comes. Supposing we say him to him tonight, Holy Spirit, we really want you to come. Without measure, oh, I know, we're steady. Let's, 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 let's just, you know, uh, 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 there's a kind of 
nervousness, isn't there? Because he's very real and he's very kind, but he's very powerful. So the Holy, well, I don't know where we got to, but anyway, the Holy Spirit, he pours the love in our hearts. Here's another thing he does. He nudges and whispers to our hearts about the best thing to do in the steps ahead. He nudges and whispers to you in all sorts of amazing ways. This is what to do. This is what you need. This is the wisdom you need. This is what to do here. Lord, where shall I do? What shall I He whispers heaven's best for you into your heart. That's such a kind daily thing, isn't it? Do you know years ago, a famous preacher, I won't mention his name because, you know, I won't. But a famous preacher wrote a book years ago. And, um, you know, somebody prayed my hit would get better before the meeting. Who was that? Mary. Where are you, Mary? Okay. All, all the pains left my hip. She prayed while I was talking. All the pain would go. All the pains left my hip. That's kind of God, isn't it? This guy wrote the book called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Do you remember that, Tim? <laughs> and it was a classic because he was saying, do you know what? Why don't you, why don't you make that the first thing you say when you wake up? Good morning, Holy Spirit. <gasps> well, steady. Don't be too friendly. I mean, I may have had a bad dream. Oh, forget it. He's the most kindest friend you could have. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Try it tomorrow morning. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Not, oh no, it's Monday. <laughs> Good morning, Holy Spirit. Just try it. I've been doing it recently because I remember a little habit. Because otherwise you say all sorts of things, don't you? Especially when you look in the mirror. And it's not good to say those things about yourself. You just say, Good morning, Holy Spirit. I just so welcome you today, Holy Spirit. I tell you what, joy will be nearer to your heart every time you welcome him than when you worry about things. Where did we get to? I don't know how many points. Here's a few more. Okay, you see, here's the other thing. The Holy Spirit opens your eyes to see things like you'd never see them with your natural eye. Uh, John's one of my uh, good friends for years and years and years and years. I've watched how the Holy Spirit's given to John all sorts of sights about things that you can't see with a natural eye, but it's the realm of the kingdom of heaven all around us. And how the Holy Spirit will come on John and show him What's going on in the unseen realm? And I get really excited and I think, there's nothing spooky about that, is it? The kingdom of heaven's near. How many of you would like to see more of what God's doing? How many of you would like to have your eyes opened even more to heaven all around? You know, that's like, yeah, a few of us. I mean, yeah, come on, Tamsin. Well, yeah, Peter, we're in. Okay. I'm just trying to stir the pot a bit. Do you understand? Because he's so powerful. And uh, here's another thing. I'm I'm nearly finished. I'm looking at the clock carefully. Here's another thing. Listen to this. Actually, the Holy Spirit empowers you to be all God wants you to be in a way you could never be without him. I'm serious. How many of us try and live without the Holy Spirit? What a dumb idea. Can I just say, you were never, ever, ever born to live a life of faith in Jesus Christ without the empowering help of the Holy Spirit for as many minutes as you could welcome him. Have you ever figured out the assignments he's given you are impossible? Have you ever figured that out? (laughs) It's taken me a long time. Most of the things God's asked me to do, actually they're impossible. Is that to trip me up and make me look foolish? No, 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 no. Actually, that's what I'm born for, is to enter realms of God's helpful, no, God's helping Holy Spirit, so I get to do and be things that I could never do on my own. 
I'm serious. Some of you in this room have huge assignments of all kinds, which are really difficult. Actually, they're impossible. But God has said, I'll give you the empowering help of my Holy Spirit. In fact, Acts 1 says you'll be clothed with power. Well, what's that like? Sue, what's it like to be clothed with power? Like, like well, that's for the special guys with the microphone. Rubbish. The Spirit came on all of them. You'll all be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, I actually think Bath is destined to have powerful moves of the Holy Spirit. I really do. I've been here long enough before some of you were born. Most of you. <laughs> All right, shut up. <laughs> you are such a. I like the chorus on my right. You know why I'm getting them later. But you understand. You are born for a life of the Holy Spirit. You're born to be clothed, and it's nothing to do whether you've done well enough. It's the Father's gift you saying i'd like to give you my precious holy spirit to live and dwell and settle on you like the dove resting on you every minute of your life and he doesn't want to leave you because god never wanted you to feel like an orphan in the life of faith he wanted you to feel this immense sense your best friend on earth is the holy spirit I'm nervous, and forgive me, nobody does this here, but I'm nervous when I hear people say, we welcome you, Holy Spirit. Now, what I want to, what do you just do? You just, we welcome you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Like, it's almost a catchphrase we use in our Christian patter that has no honoring of what we just said. Holy Spirit. It's not we have to be all religious and weird, is it? But it is that sense of, well, if he's going to come, hello, Ellie. If he's going to come, would it be disruptive, do you think? Suddenly, suddenly. And it doesn't have to be in the room here. It could just be tomorrow. You get a glimpse of something. You get a dream tonight. You're in bed. But I tell you what, he's the best, best, kindest friend you could have to go beyond where you could do naturally. Do any of you feel really, really weak and incapable here? Does anybody else join me in that club? You're like, I can't do it. I can't do it. (laughs) Holy Spirit, would you empower me to do this? Because I believe you give me what I cannot have in myself. Okay. So if you're thirsty, the Bible says Jesus has come to me. And out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. I dream, I'm sorry if I'm a little bit over the top, but I dream of entering new experiences and encounters of the Holy Spirit that take me beyond myself and into more and more of understanding what heaven's up to. I honestly, I'm sorry if you, but I dream of laying my hands on very sick people and getting instantly well. Why? Because I think I'm born for that, don't you? nothing to do with a microphone it's just I dream of miracles I dream of big deal stuff I dream of the spirit coming on people and then being sort of you know just outrageous for Jesus don't you you're allowed to dream so that's it I'm done but the invitation is if anyone's thirsty let him come and drink so I wanted to say that I think if I could do anything tonight tell you it's the father's gift to you to receive as much of him in yourself as you could possibly want 
It's his gift. I've never seen any of my kids or my grandkids, they don't seem to have a problem about receiving gifts. I've not had any of them said, especially at Christmas, not one of our families said to me suddenly, you know what, Papa, um, I haven't done very well recently. I don't think I can really take that gift from you. It just didn't happen. Every gift is greedily received and taken and unwrapped very rapidly. Do you understand the point? And Jesus said, you know, if, if you, though you are evil to the fathers, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father give his Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Can I just say this last thing? Please, please, please. Could we lose the fear of what happens if he moves more powerfully? Could we, could we get rid of that fear? Because God is God and he really loves us to have the best. Sometimes we can be almost like, <gasps> count me out. No, count me in, Lord. So I wanted, I wanted us to pray a bit. Is that, do you want to add anything, Tim? Ellie, do you want to add anything? No? Oh. <laughs> I really sense this. You know, I, I, you know what? Honestly, I felt God wanted me to share about the Holy Spirit tonight because some of you are so hungry. He wants... He wants to come upon you in a whole fresh way. And it's very easy. You don't have to get all sweaty and frowny. And He just wants to come on you just, just by you saying, yes, please, Lord. I'd like a whole bunch more. Yes, please, Lord, count me in. He wants to come on you. And you know what? It may be weeks and weeks you say, keep filling me. Keep filling me. Keep filling me. Keep filling me. Keep filling me until I'm so full of you. I'm a different kind of person than I am when I'm not. So would you like to stand up? Do you stand up here? I don't know what we do now. Ah. John, is there anything you're seeing you'd like to tell us at the moment? Okay. Paul mentioned about the book, um, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. And while he was mentioning it, I, I remember a situation when I was a student, which, as many of you know, was about a thousand years ago. And Sarah, a, a few of us uni students were reading the book. And we were enjoying it, but kind of laughing at some of it and thinking it was kind of quite twee. And Sarah, uh, who, who is now my wife, um, she came in ashen one morning to our kind of student gathering, full of joy, but shock. And she had been reading the book, <clears throat> and um, that particular morning she had woken up and said, uh, Good morning, Holy Spirit. And heard a voice say, Good morning, Sarah. And she fell out of bed in shock because she was kind of sort of saying, Good morning, Lord, not expecting in that moment God to speak back to her. And sometimes we can go through the actions, uh, but actually our expectancy is so low. But God is so kind and so gracious and so generous. And, you know, he doesn't do that every day, right? But actually, sometimes he gives us glimpses of his glory that change our life. And she would say that was a defining moment in her relationship with God <laughs> because she encountered him in a, in a whole personal way and her personal walk with the Holy Spirit was never the same after that. The Holy Spirit wants to say good evening to you using your name meet with you so you can meet with him and have a fresh encounter. So I'd encourage you, open your heart, receive what he wants to give to you tonight.